So I'd like to start um, by really talking about a word and the idea that comes along with this word, and you probably see this word throughout the Tanakh, it's the word uh, hineni. And throughout scripture, the word hineni, which translates into English is here I am, but it really means so much more than that. It's a watchword of readiness to answer a call. And it essentially expresses a willingness to accept responsibility and to work towards Israel's collective good. Now, in Musar Avicha, Rav Kook explains that the word Hineni uses the language of modesty and hastened enthusiasm. It's an expression that connotes a total readiness to carry out the will of the caller. And one who says Hineni approaches a task with a zealous enthusiasm. So whether in response to a prophetic calling from God, or in response to a calling deep in a man's own conscience, Hineni forever symbolizes selfless and heroic dedication on behalf of Israel's collective destiny. Now, not every person can truly say Hineni. I mean, anybody could say the word, but not everybody can say it with the proper kavanah. Because the statement alone is a great sacrifice which automatically opens a person up to a higher calling. Hineni essentially transports people from their personal aspirations to their national aspirations, to the collective yearnings. Essentially, it takes people out of the world of the prat and brings people into the world of the klal. The world of the prat being a person's individual concerns, individual desires, individual aspirations, and the world of the klal being the concerns, the desires, the aspirations of the collective. So when a person is prati, private, he's concerned about himself. Not only himself, maybe his children, even his community. But when a person is klali, he's not only concerned with the needs of the collective, but he derives his benefit as an individual through the amount to which he contributes to the collective. Based on what he gives to the nation, it essentially defines his value as the individual. So in today's cynical world, people often calculate interests rather than answer divine calls. But there was one man in our recent history that made Hineni his trademark. And tonight happens to be the Yertzeit of Yosef Trumpledor, who made Hineni his essence. Uh, Trumpledor was born in Russia's northern Caucasus region in the year 5640. 1880. His father, Wolf Trumpledor, was a cantonist in the Tsarist army for 25 years. Does everybody know what a cantonist was? A cantonist was essentially the Russian army, the Tsarist army at this time, used to forcibly conscript people for 25 years at a time. And when this happened to Jews, it would essentially destroy their culture, destroy their ethnic identity, and to other peoples as well, non-Russians. And so much so that because there was a rule in Russia that a family with only one son would not have to send their son to the army, 
Many families used to give each son a different last name in order to avoid their sons becoming Cantonists. So they could say to the czar, they could say to the government, we only have one son. Now, Wolf Trumpledore, Yosef Trumpledore's father, had been a Cantonist for 25 years, and despite the anti-Semitism prevalent in the Russian military, and despite the long service, he managed to maintain a Jewish identity. And he taught his son Yosef to take pride in being a Jew. And unlike many Jews in Russia at the time, Yosef grew up fiercely proud of his ethnic identity and his national culture. He graduated from the prestigious gymnasium high school in 5662, in 1902, and he enrolled in university to become a dentist. But he had been disturbed throughout his youth by the image of the Jew in Russian society, by this cowardly image of a Jew who is physically inferior to other men, and even emotionally inferior to other men lacking bravery and valor, honor and self-respect. He's disturbed by this image of the cowardly Jew in Russian society, and he's even more disturbed by the fact that this stereotype went unchallenged by the Jews themselves, meaning that many Jews in Russia at the time of Trumpeldor's life bought into this idea and accepted the fact that they had no honor and no physical ability to defend themselves. Now, Trumpledore had become excited when hearing of Herzl's first Zionist Congress. And the idea of a Jewish national renaissance. He was strongly influenced by the teachings of Peter Kropotkin and the collective model of a farming commune he had once visited. He was connected to the ideals of anarcho-communism, essentially libertarian socialism, and wanted to connect these ideas to the building of the Jewish people in our homeland, the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, to Palestine. And he dreams of transforming the Jewish people from an oppressed and scattered minority into a proud and unified nation. Now he had, and he had hoped to revive the nation of Israel through establishing agricultural communities in Palestine where Jews would work their own soil and defend their own land when necessary. And these fantasies very much occupied Trumpledore's imagination during his youth. But in 5664, in 1904, the Russo-Japanese War breaks out and Trumpledore volunteers for army service despite the prevalent anti-Semitism in the Russian military. And he seeks to disprove the myth of Jewish cowardice through a personal example. And he approaches his mission with single-minded determination, becoming an example of Jewish courage that would inspire awe in the Russians. And there is one occasion when, you know, you have to understand that the Tsarist army wasn't only comprised of Russians and not just Russians of Jews, but many different ethnic minorities under Russian control. Just like the Jews had to go, other minority groups had to go. And on one occasion, when a party had been planned for the soldiers, an officer announced that one soldier from each ethnic group would sing a cultural song at the party. And after a representative was chosen from each nationality, Trumpledore stood up and announced that he also wants to sing a song. The officer responds, 
but you're a Russian. Huh? Trumpeldor answers, I'm a Jew, and I want to sing a Jewish song. Now the officer and the soldiers were stunned by the revelation that Trumpeldor, one of the bravest and most awe-inspiring soldiers in the unit, is a Jew. But they agree that he could sing a Jewish song. Now after they agree, another Jewish soldier in the unit approaches Trumpeldor and reminds him that he doesn't know any Jewish songs. What's he going to sing? So Trumpeldor comes up with an idea that they're going to go to the nearby synagogue and they're going to go to the rabbi and they do go to the rabbi and they tell the rabbi teach us the most important song the Jewish people have. And the rabbi goes and gets the chazan, the cantor, and they teach Trumpeldor and his friend the kol nidre from Yom Kippur. And after learning the kol nidre prayer, Trumpeldor asks the rabbi a question about a large section of unusual Jewish graves near the army base. Now the rabbi sadly explains that these graves were the graves of Jewish victims who were recently massacred by Russians in a pogrom. And the way the rabbi is explaining this story, it becomes clear that when the rabbi talks about the Russians who attacked the Jews, when the rabbi talks about the Russians who perpetrated the pogrom, he doesn't talk about them as if they're human beings that you can make bleed. He talks about them as if they're a natural disaster, a force of nature like a tidal wave or a hurricane or an earthquake. Now there's nothing you can do. The Russians are coming. The Cossacks are coming. What are you going to do? Meaning that it's not even idea that you can defend yourself and make these people bleed. So Trumpeldor is very puzzled by the way the rabbi is telling the story and he's puzzled by the fact that the Jews did not even fight to defend themselves and their families. And he says to the rabbi, he says, if I were there, I would have fought to defend the honor of my people. Now, to us today, in an independent state of Israel with a Jewish army, it might not be a revolution to talk about fighting for the honor of our people. But in 1905, this was a revolution. Not only was it a revolution to say that Jews should fight, but it was a revolution to say Jews have honor, that they should fight for. Which is, I mean, from Trumpeldor's perspective, it makes perfect sense. Because we are authentically an honor culture. The Jewish people come from the Middle East, and if you look at our history, especially our history in ancient times, we're an honor culture. Even some of our laws, you know, pertaining to the roles of, of women in our society and the interaction between clans and the role of different tribes and the Kohanim, etc. We're an honor culture. Certainly when it comes to the honor of God, and of course we have this concept that the honor of the Jewish nation is directly connected to the ideal of God in this world, to the honor of God in this world. So even according to our concepts of Kiddush Hashem and Chilol Hashem, authentically we're an honor culture. And also if you look at our ancient history, our ancient history is full of, of wars, which we often fought successfully, most of the time fought successfully. So from Trumpeldor's perspective, we can see that Jewish history supports his, his position that he should have fought for the honor of his people. That's the most natural Jewish thing to do. But to the rabbi, 
who is stuck not in Jewish history, but in the Jewish reality of that time in Russia, and he is the teacher of Judaism, the teacher of what is Jewish, and certainly much, much, much more learned in Jewish sources and Trumpeldor, to this rabbi it's a revolution. To the rabbi the idea of fighting and the idea of honor is revolutionary and foreign. It's not even to relate to. What do you mean? Good, bad, we agree, don't agree. It's not even Jewish from the rabbi's perspective. And it's interesting that you see sometimes in our history how right a person like Trumpledor can be and how wrong a rabbi can be. And we said before in this class that there are times in history where we see, and you see it in the Tanakh, you see it with the Meraglim, the spies, and you see it with Achitofel in the book of Shmuel, Bet, that there are times in our history where the Gedolei Torah, the rabbis, the scholars, are not the historic good guys. And a guy like Trumpledor, who may have been missing the practical knowledge of Judaism, was so healthy at the level of the soul and so connected to the history and culture of his people and to his identity, authentic identity, that he got something right that the rabbi got wrong. So Trumpledor went on to serve in a special unit of shock troops in the defense of Port Arthur. And his name soon became the pride of the regiment. And before one battle, an officer who didn't know him expressed the hope that as he had no Jews in his unit, there would be no cowards or traitors during the battle. Without delay, Trumpledor steps forward, out of line, and announces, Sir, I'm a Jew. And during fierce battle at Duglowe Hill, Trumpledor's left arm was hit by shrapnel. And the arm was then amputated just above the elbow. And upon leaving the hospital, he wrote to his commander requesting permission to return to the front, writing, True, I have now but one arm, but it is the right one capable of handling a sword or a rifle. He was accepted back to the war front and promoted to a non-commissioned rank. And he earned all four of the highest decorations for bravery. Keep in mind that no Jew had won one. Trumpledor now in the Russian army, in the Tsarist army, wins all four of the highest decorations for bravery. And when Port Arthur fell, Trumpledor was interned at a Japanese POW camp. Now, while in prison, Trumpledor sees two Jews, two Jewish inmates, in a quarrel, in a fight. And he succeeds in diffusing the situation, but he becomes deeply troubled. And he sought to understand how his people lacked the necessary solidarity to deal with the rest of the world. And he struggled to realize what could inspire the Jewish people to feel a sense of brotherhood. He says, the whole world's against us. The Russians hate us. How could we hate ourselves? How could we hate each other? How could we fight? Let's unify. And he searches to realize what could unite the Jewish people and he finds a solution the national aspirations of the Hebrew nation. Zionism. The Zionist endeavor that he had dreamt of in his youth contained the power to unite the Jewish nation as one. So Trumpledor sets out to organize 
a Zionist movement in the POW camp, which grows to over 500 Jewish prisoners, suddenly unified in a common purpose and destiny. And when the war ended and Trumpledor was released in 5665 and 1905, he's introduced to the Tsarina of Russia, who promotes him by royal decree to the rank of officer despite the anti-Semitism prevalent in the army. But by this time, something inside Trumpledor had transformed. Yosef Trumpledor's conscience had heard a national calling. His heart awoke to Israel's needs, and he was being called home to Zion. Although he could have succeeded in Russian society, either as a dentist or as a career soldier, these things now paled in comparison to the national call. His, accomplish, his accomplishments in prison of unifying Jewish inmates now challenged him to do the same for his people throughout Russia. And in response to this calling, Trumpledor answered, Hineni. Here I am. Now we see in the second chapter of the book of Shemot, Moshe desired to dwell with the man, and he gave his daughter Tziporah to Moshe. She gave birth to a son, and he named him Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Moshe desired to dwell with Yitro in Midian. He had enjoyed prestige as a warrior, According to Midrashim, he had been king of Ethiopia for 40 years. And he was given one of Yitro's daughters as a wife. Life was good for Moshe in Midian. Then, his wife bore a son, and Moshe strangely named him Gershom, meaning stranger there. Moshe had suddenly remembered his people. And then the God of Israel called out to him. It says in the third chapter of Shemot, Hashem saw that he turned aside to see, and God called out to him from amid the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe. And he replied, Hineni. After Moshe's admission of being a stranger in a strange land, he suddenly hears a call. He is then given the revolutionary task of redeeming the Hebrews from slavery. Now Trumpledor, who had earned himself high prestige as a Russian, heard an inner calling to unite the Jewish people behind a Zionist revolution. Trumpledor then began preparing a group of Chalutzim, pioneers, a movement he starts, to travel to Palestine and realize his dream of agricultural communities. While studying law at the University of St. Petersburg, he begins to organize a Zionist youth group that frequently meets in the Ukraine, in Romney. And to his students, he defines what it means to be a halutz, what it means to be a pioneer. He says, a pioneer is everything. A worker and a fighter, a builder and a soldier. One who sacrifices everything for his country and expects no reward for his efforts. <coughs> a son of his people, the vanguard of suffering millions. He belongs to no class, he represents no class. He is prepared to perform every kind of work and becomes the right man on the right job wherever he is sent. Trumpledor traveled with his first group of Chalutzim to Palestine in 5672 in 1912. He worked at the Deganya Kibbutz for some time before attending the 13th World Zionist Congress in Vienna. He was an early founder of socialist Zionism or labor Zionism and advocated that stream of Zionism as the ideal. 
He envisioned a network of socialist communities that were clearly reflected in the original kibbutzim. And he declared himself to be both an anarcho-communist and a Zionist, believing his people to be an indigenous, ancient people, deserving of national self-determination in their ancestral homeland. Now, in the year 5674, in 1914, World War I broke out, the Great War. And Trumpledor was deported from Palestine by the Ottoman Turks, by the Ottoman Empire that controlled the country. And while in Alexandria, he meets a man by the name of Zaev Jabotinsky, who excites him with the idea of a Jewish legion, the idea of a Jewish combat unit that would fight as part of the British army to liberate Palestine from the Ottoman Empire, from the Turks. Now, after lobbying by Jabotinsky in London, the Jewish legion idea was rejected by the British, but the Zion Mule Corps was formed as an auxiliary detachment, as a non-combat unit, as a Jobnik unit. And although Jabotinsky originally opposed the formation of a non-combat unit, Trumpledore, who had much more military experience, saw it as a necessary first step and he enthusiastically accepted the rank of captain. Now later, Jabotinsky would admit that Trumpledore had been correct. So initially heading the Zion Mule Corps was British Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson. But in 5676, in 1916, Trumpledore took over complete command of the unit. And he was always the first to face danger and he served as an example of valor and dedication. And with a deep sense of responsibility, he led his soldiers through the thick of the Battle of Gallipoli, where the Zion Mule Corps served with great distinction in the capacity of essentially a combat force. And Patterson would relate that during all that time of that terrible war, this gentle captain showed an unparalleled valor and unflinching determination. By the devotion to duty, he set an example to all. When the bullets were showering upon us, I warned him to take heed, but Trumpledore, with his charming, simple smile, answered, Never mind. I'm all right. After the Zion Mule Corps was disbanded, Jabotinsky succeeded in convincing the British War Office of the need for a Jewish legion in Palestine. Although the combat unit was finally established, Trumpledore's request to join it was turned down by the military command. And in 5677, in 1917, Trumpledore returned to Russia, hoping to recruit and train Jews to make Aliyan to join the Jewish Legion. While recruiting in Petrograd, local peasants revolted against the Tsar Nicholas II. And under tremendous pressure, the Tsar abdicated his power. A provisional government replaced the Tsar, and seeing danger to local Jews, Trumpledore immediately organized Jewish defense leagues to protect his people. Eight months later, Vladimir Lenin's Bolsheviks deposed the provisional government and created what would become the Soviet Union. And as the communists took control, even the defense leagues had to be disbanded. Seeing great danger, Trumpledore began to advocate mass evacuation of the Jews to Palestine. The Zionist leadership, however, lacked the necessary foresight 
to initiate such an enterprise, and Trumpeldor's warnings were discarded as embellishments, meaning the leadership of the Zionist movement did not take Trumpeldor's warning seriously. Now in the summer of 5679, in 1919, Trumpeldor set out on his third and final journey to the land of Israel. The Great War was over, and there seemed to be fresh hope for the ancient dream of re-establishing an independent Jewish state in Palestine. Great Britain had drafted the Balfour Declaration in 5677 in 1917, pledging Palestine as a national homeland for the Jewish people. This declaration was then ratified and made into international law by the League of Nations at the San Remo Conference of 5680 of 1920. But at around that time, actually a year before, Balfour was replaced as Foreign Secretary by Lord George Curzon. And when Lord George Curzon took over the Foreign Office, he decided that England should stay in Palestine and the entire Middle East really long term. The British Navy had at that point been moving from coal dependency to oil dependency and Britain had no plans to ever leave the Middle East. And so under Curzon's leadership British policy turned towards their traditional policy of divide and rule. They incited the Arab population against the Jewish community in order to create the need for Britain to remain in Palestine as policemen. And on the 21st of Shvat, 5679, January 22nd, 1919, Jabotinsky wrote Weizmann about the growing danger of Arab attacks against Jewish communities. Weizmann, of course, discarded these warnings and declared that the British were on the side of the Jews, and therefore there was no reason for concern. And as the Arabs were preparing to attack Jewish communities in the Upper Galil, in the Upper Galilee, the Hashomer Hatzair youth movement asked Trumpledor to organize the defense of its communities in the north. Understanding the danger, Trumpledor answered, Hineni. Now at this time there was a border dispute between French Syria and British Palestine. And troops from both armies temporarily withdraw from the area, leaving the small isolated Jewish villages and several thousand Arabs in this disputed region. Now the Arabs, who had been incited by the British already to attack the Jews, take advantage of the fact that there are no soldiers there to even pretend to stop them, and they begin to attack the isolated Jewish villages on a daily basis. Trumpledor worked diligently to fortify these communities. He vainly requests reinforcements from Tel Aviv, but nobody wants to come and nobody wants to send. He warned the leadership that Metula was on the verge of destruction with the communities of Kfar Giladi and Tel Chai also in serious danger. And even Jabotinsky unsuccessfully begs him to evacuate the Jews and return south. And while most pioneers withdrew from the northern area, there was no way Trumpledor would surrender portions of Israel's homeland. He organized 35 men and two women determined to defend Tel Chai. On the morning 
of the 11th of Adar, 5680, March 1st, 1920. A mob of several hundred Arab raiders made their first attack on Tel Chai. Under Trumpeldor's leadership, the Arab assault was beaten back. The raiders retreated but soon returned with Bedouin reinforcements. Again they're repelled, but this time Trumpeldor was wounded. When he saw that a third attack by more than 2,000 Arabs was imminent, Trumpeldor refused to allow himself to be taken inside. Instead, he remained to direct the defense of Tel Chai. The Arabs approached for the third time under a white flag of truce, and a neighboring sheikh asked to speak personally to Trumpeldor. When he appeared, there was a rifle volley, and the Arabs fled on their horses. Attempting to close the gates of Tel Chai, Trumpeldor had exposed himself and was fatally shot in the abdomen, in the stomach. When his comrades found him, he smiled and said, Never mind, I only want a bandage. He then calmly directed the bandaging of his wound. These are my last moments, he said, as the wounds were being dressed. Tell our comrades to fight and defend the honor of our people until the last. When a doctor finally arrived, it was already too late. Trumpledor's last words were, Endavar tov Never mind, it is good to die for our homeland. He was one of eight Hebrew defenders to fall that day in Tel Chai. Yosef Trumpledor was memorialized across the political spectrum. Ze'ev Jabotinsky writes that there was never such pure blood spilt as that of Tel Chai. And Jabotinsky would later name his youth movement Beitar after Trumpledor. Beitar is Brit Yosef Trumpledor, the covenant of Yosef Trumpledor. And the idea of Beitar was, through this youth movement, to create an entire generation of Trumpledors, to create an entire generation of Jews who would be like Yosef Trumpledor. And Tel Chai would become the official greeting of Beitar. And the memory of Trumpledor would serve as its inspiration for what the Israeli should be. And many Beitarim, it's worth noting, would later match the heroism exhibited by Trumpledor while participating either in the revolts against Nazis in places like Warsaw or against the British in Palestine. Yair Stern, a leading underground figure, would later explain a historic thread linking Yosef Trumpledor to Yosef of Gamla who had fallen nearly 2,000 years earlier, leading the defense of Israel's north against Rome. Trumpledor's memory was also honored by the Hashomer Tzair movement, who recalled Trumpledor as the defender of their kibbutzim, and they would establish several commemoratives to pay homage to its memory. Also, the northern city of Kiryat Shmone, city of eight, is named after Trumpledor and the other seven who gave their lives to Tel Chai. And a monument of a roaring lion was erected in Tel Chai marking Trumpledor's grave. So what was so special about Yosef Trumpledor? Trumpledor is a guy who had every opportunity to assimilate. But he always went out of his way to expose his Hebrew soul, to expose his inner self, to expose his Jewish identity. Throughout his military career, he consistently made himself the Jew in every situation. Whereas most Jews in the Russian army tried to avoid the distinction, tried to avoid the fact that people would know they're Jewish. 
Even without a Torah education, even without a knowledge of Judaism, Yosef Trumpeldor always sought to express his Jewish identity. And had he lived, he probably would have been the greatest Zionist leader, able to unite the right and the left. Trumpeldor held the modest attitude that gave him the ability to hear an inner call. And he always looked to find where he was most needed. He dedicated himself completely to the rebirth of his nation and could have been the essential shepherd during Israel's most crucial years. He writes, What is a pioneer? Is he a worker only? No. The definition includes much more. The pioneers should be workers, but that is not all. We shall need people who will be everything. Everything that Eretz Yisrael needs. A worker has his labor interests. A soldier, his esprit de corps. A doctor and an engineer, their special inclinations. A generation of iron men. Iron from which you can forge everything the national machinery needs. You need a wheel? Hineni. A nail, a screw, a block? Here, take me. You need a man to till the soil? I'm ready. A soldier? I'm here. Policeman, doctor, lawyer, artist, teacher, water carrier? Hineni, here I am. I have no form, I have no psychology, I have no personal feeling, no name. I am a servant of Zion, ready to do everything, not bound to do anything. I have only one aim, creation. Through the ancient Hebrew spirit of Hineni, Trumpledor set a shining example of valor for generations to follow.